per request. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. Car lives. Car car lives matter. I don't mind. It's it's kind of hot though in here. A little bit hot in here. Do Shapiro. Do Bear Shapiro. Do a Jordan Peterson accent. It's not just an accent. I embody him. Hey guys, some stats here. Let's start some stats. Oh shit, I can't see it. Never mind. Never mind. Um, never mind. That didn't work out, did it? Turn on the AC, yeah. Here we go. How are you all doing today? I don't know if you guys caught those of you who uh, get D Live, Owen Benjamin. He had a like the best farmer in uh, Canada on. So much good information there. I don't know his name, but that was an excellent live. I love stuff like that. It's like, uh, you know, useful. There's a lot of information. I can't even summarize it. Went from farming to what you're capable of in farming to, uh, you know, non-negotiable uh, things about buying land, like the features, non-negotiable, like well and uh, proximity to water and uh, south-facing versus north-facing slopes. And then he went over negotiable. So anyone, any of you men who are, uh, you know, even if you're not even close to the reality of having your own one acre, five acre, 10 acre, knowing knowing the information is really important. Even if it's further into your future. Um... And uh, he also said, you know, for the inevitable collapse of cities, um, to not be very close, even if you're in farmland, because they know the, the zombies will make their way to the farms. That's like, you know, that's just like the zombies in the movies. So he said a little further away than from the cities than you'd think. And further away from the main vein uh, freeways as well. And this is like, you know, it's slightly doomsday, but not really. You know why? Because you don't go and get your land and farm because you're avoiding the beast system. It's because you're going toward that system. that, that you, It's rewarding and uh, you have sovereignty. You know, there's a, you know, it's only secondary that you're going away from the technocratic, inevitable, uh, arcade style, um, automated consumerism nonsense machine, which they really want it. You know, the big companies are like, please, please let me do it. Um, 
So, yeah, you saw it. Yeah, he was... Oh, ta Kanye is talking about... Yeah, Kanye, unfortunate guy. He's probably got some mental problems. Um, but he's uh, unfortunate because he's stuck in the... You can't get away. Once you're at that fame level and, and, uh, and wealth, it's very hard to refute the wealth as the value itself because you're, you're constantly, you're, it's like a trap, you know, even if you, you know, see the truth, even if you see the trend and where it's going, inevitably your wealth and the made up, um, money and assets and fake people underneath you, uh, becomes a crutch. It's, 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 I think it's inescapable at that level. Unless you just get rid of everything, you know, it's uh, an inescapable little uh, web that you're you're in. So, yes, it's not doomsday. It's getting back to the real world. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, really useful stuff, especially for me. I, I'm that's my goal, near term <clears throat> goal. Even a one acre, even two acres. You know, what you can do, how much of that can uh, represent your weaning off of the the big cluster of conglomerates that can, uh, their supply chain can shut down at any moment. So, anyway, that was a good stream. Also been watching, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, James True been watching his stuff because he's like he was bear adjacent uh and uh you know i always watch new people who kind of like float in and around the um truther slash self-sustaining slash philosoph philosophy theism world and he's he bubbles up here and there um, I definitely confront him on a lot of things uh, in the comments and in the live stream chat. You know, for instance, uh, he said today that truth is not universal. And this is just a fundamental blunder, logical blunder, because that's a universal claim about truth. So, um, if that's true, it's universal. So if it's true, it's untrue. It's a self-refuting statement. Um, it can't be true unless it's, it, you know, not true. And so, uh, these are just like basic. And I think, uh, you know, the people who are mostly following them like strictly, I mean, there's a lot of people in there who, uh, rightly, um, contest a lot of statements. He also owns up to, you know, reflecting on things he said later after the stream and being like, oh, I, you know, I just, maybe I shouldn't have said that or whatever. But I'm just interested in logic. Um, you know, for those of you who follow and uh, you go over there and, you know, he, he talks a lot about luminaries and planet astrotheology and whatnot and um luciferianism but the inversion of luciferianism through religion etc it's all like i don't get really triggered with that stuff um what i'm concerned with is truth and coherence 
and logic. So anyone who's pushing truth as their, you know, their uh, headline act, I'm interested in it. And I'm interested in finding where it's incoherent. So um, it's a mistake to go over there and be like, you're you're evil, you're a Luciferian. Like the name calling stuff doesn't do anything. If you're dealing with someone who uses the phrase, who uses the term logos, right? Um, which translates to logic, translates to word, to God. Um, it's important to use logic to measure up against what someone's saying, if especially if they're after truth and using that term specifically. Um, and that's all I'm really concerned with. So, yeah, he says loose rivers, oil and salt. Yeah, he does a lot of metaphors. It's similar to, to Peterson in that um, if I say, you know, this is a reduced view uh, example, right? Uh, so it's extreme. I get it. Uh, you know, if, if uh, 1 plus X equals 3, and I ask what, you know, a Peterson type, you know, that methodology... If I ask what X is, and they say X is a a gust of wind blowing through uh, a cold winter bank, and it's like uh, using poetry and metaphor to redefine variables, um, and that's math, right? That's a form of logic. But statements and and uh, formal truth statements. Uh, how you justify truth statements, the, the premises and the follow-up statements that support the premise. These are all forms of logic too that require, this is why inversion of language is such a, uh, an important thing to highlight when it's occurring. So when you change the definition of words and you change them to some, uh, metaphor or like uh, flowery sounding but it sounds good right it's good poetry um, sometimes you people are vulnerable to accepting the poetry definition because it resonates um, versus well no if you if you change the meaning of words and logic requires definitions of words to be uh, constant. In other words, uh, the words themselves have to be circular. The definitions can't be relative or changed. Uh, it, otherwise, you cannot affirm or refute. And that's the kind of gray area cheat code in the, the truth world or the philosophy world. Someone like a Peterson will change the definition of a word to mean something else. He'll change the definition of chaos and order and redefine it in a sense that's, you know, pretty poetic, um, sounds, resonates nicely, almost like a, you know, a flow of a lyric in a song. But the problem with it is that you can't affirm or refute it logically because logic requires, uh, law of identity and law of identity applies to numbers and it applies to words meaning and language must uh, exist we must hold them true in order to uh, get to the truth of the matter of a claim of a statement 
and it's uh it's just a it's one of those areas where like it draws people in because it sounds right just similar to the resonancy of a, a lyric in a song or a melody in the song like if the melody sounds good and the lyrics are garbage or they're or they're uh you know like totally incoherent like uh chili peppers you'll you you might have a vulnerability to accepting the lyrics based on the resonance or the melody being good so you're just like oh that sounds good that sounds right you know i love jacob dylan you know i love bob dylan too just like you know it all sounds right he knows what he means it probably means something deep in there sounds like it's elusive so it must be you know there must be some truth that i just don't understand yet if i just uh commit a little bit longer you know i must be not understanding it you know so that's why strict logic is so important when in that realm you know when people start talking about the truth and uh at a fundamental level you cannot if you you cannot claim that truth is not absolute and not universal because the claim itself can't be true unless it is universal and absolute and that's something we cannot escape you can't change the laws of logic you can't refute the laws of logic therefore we're not creating truth we don't create truth Otherwise, we can just create another law. We can remove a law. We can just say, ah, no, no law of contradiction, uh, non-contradiction necessary. Excluded middle, don't really need it. You know, identity over time, it's okay. We'll just change, uh, you know, one plus B equals a refrigerator. I mean, that's where it leads to epistemic nihilism, uh, absurdity, and, um, that's it. I mean, it's, it's just basic, you know, you don't need to attack intent. You don't need to make up intentions or, or ill motivations of people, uh, to refute the claims. And that's why that's true form of lot logos, right? Logos is logic. And in a way using logic is, is like an act of compassion because you do, you don't remove, you remove your intent, you remove anger or fear you know when you're using logic there's no you know when a computer runs a logical uh simulation it's not it doesn't add in fear or intent you know you're like you're just trying to you're well you're just trying to invert stuff and you're no you know you're luciferian so you're try you're a demon and you're going to you know you're just pulling people away from you know the light and god and all of you know that's a deeper conversation that re requires admission you know so you don't need that you don't need to do any of that to uh attack a position or refute a position with logic logic is like it's almost like a compassionate um path toward truth you know because it's removing any sort of uh you know, ill intent you're adding to the, you don't need to do any of that. Just stop doing that. That checks out lab coat. <laughs> 
It's the first time anyone's called me a lab coat. Yellow by Coldplay. Great metaphor. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of Coldplay where you're just... Yeah, and it just gets into more relativism. It's not just moral relativism because, you know, another claim he makes that I disagree with is that he says morality doesn't exist outside of us. And then he defines morality as uh, evacuation, which in some cases I could agree that evacuation could be a characteristic uh, of, of uh, immoral presence or, uh, you know, you know, you have to be void for to be filled with, you know, the appetites of the world, uh, so to speak. But that's a theological conversation. Just on a basic logical uh, paradigm, um, if morality doesn't exist outside of us and evacuation is immoral or evil, or evil is just evacuation you couldn't point to someone outside of yourself and call them evil because your your discernment of evacuation of another person is appealing outside of yourself. So you can't say morality doesn't exist outside of you and also say that's an evacuated person. They, they you know, that's evil. You have to appeal outside of yourself. This is mathematically proven. Kurt Gödel proved mathematically all logical systems eventually appeal outside the system itself the claim within the system must appeal outside it's the same reason why simulation theory is bullshit because the only way you could determine we are in a simulation is if you stood outside of the simulation and looked at it and said that's a simulation but you would never know that because it's endless regress you're just constantly going well what if appealing what if i'm standing outside the simulation and that's still a larger simulation like what if i'm simulating standing outside of a simulation that's why simulation theory is nonsense and it leads to uh again solipsism could arguably arguably be solipsism which is for those of you who don't know that fancy uh term it's just that nothing exists except for you in your mind um in which case you couldn't really trust any truth claims because they're all just a version of your mind and you can't appeal. If I say X is true and I and someone says, how do you know? And then I say, well, my mind says so. And I all there is is the mind. Then you can never stand outside of the mind and affirm that what the mind is saying is true, you know. And these conversations are old. These are old philosophical conundrums um but those are two of my main um you know oppositional stances um otherwise you know i don't really care i i can i can listen to a lot of different people and i could uh, disagree with you know 95 percent of what they're saying and still find it very interesting and almost show uh, use it as a um a reference point, you know, you know, what that view looks like, what that view, uh, is similar to what kind of older philosophies represent that view. Um, you know, what else is attached to it culturally, you know? So it's, it's if you maintain interest 
and uh, from the point of view of knowledge and truth and coherence in logic, um, there's nothing you can fear. So, you know, you can't go in attacking people like that, like like James True or even uh, Peterson or any other person who's leaning toward relativism. You can't attack them from a spiritual realm uh, if you want to get to the bottom of truth. You, you have to stick with coherence because the, the, the former is a, a value judgment and doesn't, um, it appeals to a higher level truth, but you can't use that because that's, uh, you're using circular appeal to authority reasoning. Um, eventually, yes, everything becomes circular, but that's not the level of conversation, uh, that's occurring at, you know what I mean? You're talking, we're talking about truth and logic. That's it. These are the kind, yeah, exactly. These are the conversations we need to be having. You and me. You and me and Ben, Ben, what is his name? Ben Harris? I always call him Ben Harris. Sam Harris. Ben, Sam, Schmeagel. These are the, these are the conversations we need to be having, you know. People are, people are listening to us. We are shaping and shifting cultures. We are shape-shifting culture. We are a shape-shifting culture. We need to be, we need to use facts and logic, gang, gang. You know, what are we saying? What is the relationship between logic and natural law? Natural law, um, we can observe what occurs in nature, the regularity of nature. We can observe that and uh, we can see the consistency of logic uh, and and the regularity of nature. So um, if I stand in front of a uh, widow maker and the branch falls down, I might die or be injured. You know, fallen branches of a 200 pounds or more hitting someone in the head kills them. That's like a lot. That's a truth claim. It's likely to kill you. You know, that's looking at the regularity of nature and deriving a logical statement from observing that regularity. And in a way, having faith and assuming regularity in nature. Um, but in, in nature, we do not see laws of logic. We can't produce them the same way we can't produce a seven in nature. There's no seven in nature. You know? However, observing and um, being able to predict and understand the regularity in nature, we ironically require immaterial absolute concepts like laws of logic and the number seven, which is like a funny little joke. I believe God played on us, uh, not on us, just to, for us to show that no matter what faith, we walk by faith, not by sight. Before we believe our sight, before we uh, apprehend anything we're seeing, um, we use faith before that because we assume regularity in nature we assume tomorrow will be like today. We assume mathematical constants. We assume the laws of logic. Uh, 
we assume there's meaning that ties immaterial concepts, the physical world and our brain, uh, our mind, I guess would be a better term. And all of these things are a form of faith. And that's why um, we can't escape faith, which is kind of the funny joke. I, I commend the creator for that one. It's just like, <laughs> these guys, get, get this, you guys. Even the people who refute faith are going to have a lot of just as much faith in stuff. Just different things. It's going to be amazing, you guys. Watch. Just watch. Mathematical concepts are racist. Maybe. Yeah. What is the seven you talk about? Do you use psychedelics? No. Any books on logic I recommend? Uh, Logically fallacious, as I said before. It's just a list of 300 uh, fallacies. Good to know. Good to catch yourself using them catch others using them. Um, other than that, I would go, I would just tie the logic, logic into theism, you know, just skip right for the gold. Um, the signature series by CS Lewis and, uh, nihilism by Sepharam Rose. And then you can actually take a honest, most, for the most part, honest, uh, atheist, uh, logic and philosophy. Um, uh, from uh, David Hume, who makes a really important uh, fallacy distinction, which is the commonly used ought is fallacy, uh, is ought, you know, declaring what is, seeing what is, and then making an ought claim. So, you know, to go back to James True, even the claim that evil is evacuation the claim that we ought not be evacuated is still, it goes unjustified. You can't, you know what I mean? Like, even if, even if there was truth to that, you would still need to base it logically in, in a, in a mind, in a being, in an authority, because these concepts and laws need, need an authority. And the authority can't be a thing because things are causally effete. Things themselves, is-is, in other words, an is does not uh, think, does not discern an ought. It doesn't, it's not prescriptive, it's descriptive. And so the conflation of descriptive and prescriptive is a very common uh, fallacy. It's, it's so common. It's just, you know, what? Murder is, uh, murder is, is uh, bloody murder is unfavorable, unpreferable. Therefore we ought not do it. And it's immoral to do. No, that's not log. It sounds logical, but it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not logically grounded folks. It's incoherent. That's why we can't create our own morality. We can generate moral models. We can create our own moral models. You're free to create moral models. The question is, are they grounded logically? Can you actually, uh, can you actually justify them logically speaking? And if we abide, if we agree that laws of logic and logic is our access point tool 
toward truth, um, you have to confront whether a claim can be logically grounded or not. It's just inescapable. If you just reject logic, then the claim itself doesn't matter anyway. It's just whatever. You know, you could just say morality is Jeep Cherokee. Morality is Whole Foods. Like if you don't justify, if you if you don't hold yourself to the same standard uh, as everyone else and accept laws of logic are universal and absolute, there's no, you might as well just not even make a, you might as well just say sounds. You, you might as well just reduce language to an illusory state of mouth farting. And it's just like... Like why even why even accentuate the word? Why why even use syllables? Logic is gay, Charlie Kirk. That's funny. Such a critical distinction. Yes, it's uh it's like the cousin or extension of the naturalistic fallacy. The assumption that because you see something in the natural world occur, then it ought to be that way. Uh, which is, it just leads you down to a, a weird path where it's like, okay, what else do we see in nature? Can I dress up as a dolphin and rape a, rape someone as long as they're swimming? What if I dress up as like a dolphin and I put, you know, the dolphin has a pointed nose? What if I put a, a dick on my nose? And as long as I'm in the water, because it's like what I'm seeing in nature, I can just rape any woman who happens to be swimming. It's natural law, dude is ought you know oughts fundamentally are can only be based in the transcendent uh we there's no way around it you can't logically appeal to yourself for morality it's not because god is morality you know it's not a cert you can't go to the circular uh you know you can't you can't use circularity. You don't need to use circularity to make the claim. You just need to say, for instance, um, Sam Harris, Ben Harris, Sam Harris. He says, you know, morality, more, what is moral is what, um, you know, the, uh, the well-being, you know, maximizing well-being of creatures, Right. So if you define good as maximizing creatures' well-being, in other words, A, good, equals B, maximizing creatures' well-being, then if I ask, why is, it, why is maximizing creatures' well-being good? If I ask that, that would make sense as a question, right? But if what he's saying is true, the question would also make sense if I said, why is maximizing creatures' well-being maximizing creatures' well-being? And we know that's not a coherent question. But if the claim is true, that should be a coherent question. That's a good reverse engineering way to decipher whether someone's claim, A equals B, is uh, coherent. Um and the re another reason why, I mean, that's a big enough reason why A doesn't equal B. Clearly, it's total uh, garble. All you're doing is redefining good as maximizing creatures' well-being. Um, so if evil is ev evacuation, the same logical problem would occur if I said, why is evacuation evil? 
if evil is evacuation, asking the question, why is evacuation evacuation? It's, it, it demonstrates the problem logically. And again, we have to accept logic as the basis of truth. So um, it's a very important yet simple structure. Keep it simple. I believe he was referring to the fact that dolphins rape people. Yes. Yeah. No, in other words, we can't justify. Some people are like, well, the animals do it. You know, they're like, you know, animals do that too. It's like, that's the worst argument because for one, if we look at animals to justify our own behavior or what's permitted, we go down some pretty dark paths. You couldn't really morally justify any claim. Um, also, we're not animals and other animals, you know, we know that we're different because um, just on the on the fundamental material level is that animals aren't sitting around talking about philosophy and what, and trying to grapple with what is morality, what is the good, um, what is, what are all of these concepts that we, you know, what is the number seven, like all of these metaphysical claims and, um, paths. So we know, we know because, we know we're different and we know they're under our supervision because we make claims about how we ought to treat animals. Animals don't make moral claims on how they ought to treat us. So I have a, a meme. I don't know if it made the book Savage Memes Volume 2, but it uh, it said, when are we going to, you know, when are we going to acknowledge animal rights? And the other person said, when animals acknowledge our rights, in other words, or their own rights. You think animals you know, have a concept of each other's rights. You think a hungry lioness who's literally bites off the head of its daughter because that's just what's going on in nature is like, you know, pondering this shit. No, we're not, we're not animals. We're distinct. Dolphin rape humans. Yeah, dolphins rape humans too. They try to, right? Do you think defining faith as belief and works is redefining faith given James 2? I don't understand that question. Do I think moral acceptance is based on na nature or environmental consensus? No, I think we're born with, uh, we're moral beings. We're, we're, we were created having a sense of morality, which a lot of people um, can't understand this 
distinction, it's as important as the ought is distinction, is that they think that because they can have a sense of what's right and wrong, that means they don't require to provide a basis for defining or, or uh, grounding what's right and wrong or evil or good. Because they have a basis, uh, because they have a sense of it. But having a sense of morality is totally consistent with a creator giving us that law. You know, it's, it's, we, unless something's wrong with your brain, we accept ourselves as moral beings. Even the atheists would love to be able to justify their own moral sense in a naturalistic view, and they can't. They try, and they can't. You can't, because we're dealing with logic. We're not dealing with just an appeal to the necessary source. That You don't need, you only go there once people accept the logical problem of basing morality in their own personal ideas or the world, the nature, whatever, math, you know, like Bill Gates does it through like uh, utilitarianism, which is like pragmatism. And that's why pragmatism isn't a basis for morality either. Why? Because if you believe in morality, then you accept that it's objective. You can't just believe in morality and then be like, well, it's, it's everywhere and nowhere. You know, it's whatever you want it to be. That's just a way of saying it doesn't really exist. So I don't really like when people take morality and they say morality exists, but it's just subjective. That's just like saying like it doesn't exist. Like be straight to the point, follow down to the logical end of the statement. And pragmatism is based on workability or utility. And utility is given by what you're doing, like what your goal is. It's, a, it's defined by a goal. And, um, and goals are arbitrary. So in other words, pragmatism isn't a basis for morality because people can be very pragmatic about chopping someone's head off, putting it in a refrigerator, and then eating its brains like a social justice version uh, pint of uh, Ben and Jerry's at night. It's like pragmatism is given by a goal. Goals are arbitrary. Therefore, pragmatism isn't an objective basis for morality. Done. Period. Over. What is your ground? If God, how would you articulate good? Well, good, it cannot be based in just the abstract version of God, right? God, because good relates to our behavior and who we are being, uh, absolute, um, Concepts like love, compassion, uh, forgiveness, sacrifice, um, everything that would be listed under the construct of good, you know, and I'm speaking construct to the atheist materialists in their language. Um, those things can't be based in a what. So when people say, well, what is morality? What, what is the good? It logically speaking, it can't be a what. It has to be who is the good, who is the basis of morality, not what is the basis of morality. A what will always point to a thing, a material thing, a thing that you can see and touch or measure like directly in, in an empirical sense. And that's 
not logical. The only logical uh, possible basis for morality would be God, but the God must be embodied in a person, in a, a personhood, a, a person. We need to know what who is good. If it's not embodied in a uh, a God that is also man, that also represents and embodies who we are, um, then we can't point to a standard because it's too, we can't know God. We can't know, it's just ethereal, God is a luminary, God is Saturn. Saturn, these luminaries, these planets, they're not, they don't, they're not beings. They don't, they don't give you any sort of moral law. They, you can't see how the goodness of a light operates insofar as its relationship to human behavior. No way. Where is the good? You know, unless you, you really, you know, we really amp up the, the face swap technology and uh, do some holographic work on all of the planets. And then they suddenly have like little faces and then they're like, see, look at me giving, you know, look at, you know, like the statement, like, don't fear the luminaries, don't fear um, Lucifer, the, the star, uh, don't fear them. You have, if you say don't fear them, they're just a star, you also uh, forfeit or um, constrain yourself from also saying uh, they're good and they're here for us. They want you to win. You can't have both of those. You know what I mean? If you say don't fear it, it's just a star, you can't also say praise it, you know, acknowledge it, and personify it, uh, anthropomorphize it. You can't do that. You can't, you can't have both of those. You know what I mean? Because they're not people. They're not beings. There's no revelation in how we know planets in a sense of who we are in, in the world. You know, the planet can't tell you how to properly uh, be a father. Can you explain the logical leap behind this reasoning? I don't know what reasoning you're talking about. There is an attitude that... Oh, there's an attitude that requiring people to wear masks is some kind of priming. Well, it's just... Pri it's it's always been happening. It's all consent. It's all demoralization. So, um, making a bunch of people wear masks, it's like... It's happened... It's always happening at some level. It's just a really... A pretty big global... Um, you know, expression of it where it uh, keeps people in a state of compliance, constantly feeding back to the authority, which is man. Uh, it's a form of man-worshipping, really, at its core, if you really look at it. Uh, from a spiritual sense, um, it's, pr it's not even... It's priming for anything else. It's just like anything is possible if you could demoralize people and get them to fear man and material. If you get men operating in the material world, you can manipulate them very easily. Yeah, it's just dehumanizing, exactly. It's it's demoralizing, you know, it makes us fear each other, it makes us not see each other's smiles and uh, micro expressions and, uh, you know, when we experience love and express love, it's always one-to-one -one and it removes the one-to-one -one relationship and it creates a, um, let's say, 
love is wearing a mask. That's a one-to-many abstract relationship. Uh, saying that compassion and care for people is wearing the mask is no different than John Lennon's Imagine All the People. It's the same abstract spell trick witchcraft. It's getting people to assume that they can express compassion and love to an abstract, faceless mass of people they don't know. And that's why abstract forms of these absolutes are uh, logically broken. Same goes for the, the moons and the, and the planets. It's an abstract, faceless representation of what we know to be true uh, in, the, in the immaterial category. Love, compassion, truth, honor, dignity, all of it. Beauty. So... Masks are for the well-being of humans, so it must be good. Another, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's not a exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's a moral. That's why it's a moral. They twisted it from being a pragmatic to a moral, and it happened very quickly. The pragmatic was, oh, there might be a disease going on. Maybe we should wear masks to stop it. And it's just like, okay, well, that's just preferable. You know, people mostly prefer not to be diseased or whatever coughing dying they don't know this they didn't know the spider was fake on their shoulder and then uh it twisted immediately so once once you do that right you say oh there's this thing react and then after the reaction you get to separate the people who reacted uh in one way wearing a mask in another way not wearing a mask and then from that you you make a value judgment uh the value judgment can't be made unless there's a split made in the mass divide and conquer the reason it's divide is that once you only once you divide can you make a, a value judgment about each side and what it means and they're so good at it now I, I actually applaud their ability to divide and conquer is just a it's pretty you know it's it's an accurate thing but it's really divide and label because if you divide and label, you don't really need to conquer anything because the people do all the work for you. The people do all the shaming. The people do all the policing. The people do all the tattletaling. Uh, they do all the work for you. So, that's it. Who are they to tell us what love and compassion is? Yeah, they're the ruling class. And a lot of people who are godless, that's why it's... that's And no one's really godless, but who reject... Logos, God, uh, a transcendent source for the for the good for all of these immaterial absolutes. We all accept. Um, when you don't have that as your base, as a foundation, anything that comes along that's convincing will be your foundation. That sounds good, you know. And they're just good at it, and it's not it's not even their fault. It's it's the people not having a, a logical, a cumulatively coherent foundation of, of uh, what matters and why it matters. It's all based in utility. That's why utility, utilitarianism is, uh, it will sweep a, uh, a relativist into a net real quick. Useful idiots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the big, big joke here is that if 
masks were really important, then we would be shaming everybody with tuberculosis and demand contact tracing for for TB people. And then we would know who had TB because they are forced to wear a mask. And if they weren't, we have the we have the right to ask them if they do and say, why aren't you wearing a mask? Do you have TB? Let me see your records. I mean, because it's happened, this little trick has happened at such a massive scale. All of our logic based on that example is just thrown out the window, even though it's the same exact thing. But no, but Jimbo, it's more, it's, it's droplets. Anyway, I got to go.